Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder. It's wonderful to be with all of you. Uh, thanks for being here and uh, doing what you are doing to live your faith. As always, I'm joined by Ann DeSantis, and uh, we are in the middle of a, I guess, actually, it's not the middle anymore, Ann, is it? It's the uh, tail end <laughs> of uh, a series on the Synod. And so uh, we're talking about uh, what the Synod is and all of these different topics. And so we're on episode nine uh, of 10. And I encourage everybody, if you are jumping in right now, to go back into our podcast archives and check out the playlist on YouTube uh, so that you can uh, see um, the... Um, you know, other episodes that we did. So uh, today we're going to talk about uh, reaching out to the marginalized. And uh, that's a topic that is very dear to both of our hearts. I know that. So uh, I'm excited for this. Anne. Yes. Yes, I am. I am too. So episode nine, you know, we're almost there. And, you know, our goal with this series is really to educate all of you on the Senate. But you know what? To be quite honest, it's we're educating ourselves too. Because this is a two-year process that was instituted by Pope Francis for 2021 through 2023. And you can simply go to the website. Uh, actually, there's one right on the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. It is the usccb.org. You can look up the Synod on Synality. And the three words that come to mind for the Synod are communion, participation, and mission. And Bill and I did a podcast for each one of those. And then we've expanded into all those aspects of what has been learned so far about what we need to do as a church to walk better with people. And I just want to read a little bit of what it says about the Synod, is that it's a two-year process of listening and dialogue, beginning with a solemn opening in Rome, which happened on October 9th and 10th of 2021, with each individual diocese and church celebrating the following week, which was on October 17th of last year, the synodal process concludes in 2023, and Pope Francis has said that it is precisely this path of synality which God expects of the church of the third millennium. This journey, which follows in the wake of the church's renewal proposed by the Second Vatican Council, is both a gift and a task. I think that's important to note by journeying together and reflecting together on the journey that has been made. And there's a little bit more than that. But I just wanted to read that so that we can all get an idea again at the beginning of each podcast, just talking about what is the Synod and what have we learned so far. And I talked about on some of the other podcasts that I was actually on the team at my own parish where we were involved with the Disciple Maker Index results of the survey, which was that survey that went out all over the world. Over almost a half a million Catholics participated in it to find out what are our strengths and what are our areas for improvement. And one of those areas for improvement, and I believe that this is part of what the Holy Father was hoping that we as a church would do, is reach out better to those people who feel very distant from their faith, people who have left the church for one reason or another. And marginalized people, they could be, you know, the ones that we think of right away, it could be someone who is poor, 
sick, maybe hospitalized, someone who has a disability, someone who's been divorced or separated. There's a host of ways that people don't feel kind of where they like they fit in, right? And also we can examine the fact that there's people for one reason or another, maybe they don't fit into a specific category, but maybe they're going through a, a challenging time at home. And maybe they're marginalized because they're feeling depressed or anxious or you know, some other kind of feelings of trauma. So Bill, I didn't know if you wanted to step in and add to that, but that's what the church is trying to do is trying to open up those doors so that you know, people don't walk in and say, you know what, I'm not holy enough to be in this place. Hmm. Of course, the church has all the tools to help you to be holy, right? We have the sacraments, we have confession, we have the Holy Eucharist, but we also want to be sure that we make that special outreach to those people who, for whatever reason, are not feeling the warmth of their community. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, one of the things that I, I think, you know, is really important in this whole discussion is... Um, to to remember that it takes action, you know, to reach out to the marginalized and those who feel like they're distant. Sometimes they walk through the doors of our church, but we are called to go out. You know, uh, the the commissioning of the seventy two that Jesus does, right? The the you know the sending out of the of his disciples to go out and preach the word of God is something that I think in large part we have forgotten as church um, and we need to go into the world and preach the gospel. Um, and I think oftentimes we become very um, sometimes closed minded and closed off as a church because we decide that we're not going to um, do those things. We're going to protect um, this, this, um, you know, church in the bubble, right? We're going to protect this and we're not going to, you know, reach out. But the whole thing about, about discipleship is that we're called to live it, but we're called to go make more, right? Um, you know, we are called to quite literally make disciples. And so, um, you know, we, we hear the term, or maybe you've heard the term before, preaching to the choir, right? But I'm pretty sure on this podcast, we're preaching to the choir because a lot of people are seeking out, um, you know, religious uh, material on YouTube or whatever. Uh, so I'm pretty sure we're preaching to the choir uh, here for a large portion of our audience. And what are you doing as a disciple, as a member of the choir, so, so <laughs> you know, to reach out? And find those who are not in the choir and bring them in, right? Um, again, sometimes you know these these uh, families uh, and and individuals darken our doors um, at you know Christmas or Easter. They walk in, um, but they're they're not really engaged. And so, what are you doing to get them engaged? I I was having a conversation um, last week with a group of people. And, I, and they were complaining about some stuff in the church. And I said to them, well, what are you doing to reach out to this marginalized group? Because I'm pretty sure that Jesus wants everyone that he created in heaven. Jesus didn't make anybody on this earth to not live with him in heaven. And so um, they were created for a purpose. Now, we as disciples have to help them uncover that purpose in their life. 
right? If they're struggling with that, if they're, you know, dealing with big issues, as Ann, you alluded to, right? You talked about um, some of the issues that um, people deal with, and it could be addiction. It could be, um, you know, loss of loved ones. That That's a big one that sends people uh, far away from the church, especially if it's something that happens suddenly. Um, you know, what are, so these these things that, you know, put up the walls and the barriers to receive God's grace, um, disciples have to take them down. And we can't just rely on priests and bishops to to do that. You know, it, it's not just the hierarchy of the church that that, you know, decides, oh, my gosh, OK, we're going to go out and make disciples. And, you know, you have to reach into some pretty difficult spaces. Right. You are. Are, are, are you willing to talk to people who do not have the same mindset as you? Right. Like that's what we're talking about here, because when we, we talk about the, the marginalized, uh, you know, if, if you've struggled with an addiction, well, then you're called and you've overcome it through the God's grace and God's power. Then you're called to go out and reach into those young minds and hearts and souls. At, that are struggling with addiction and help them come to Christ. If you have been given uh, a, another cross to bear in life, maybe the loss of a loved one, and, and, and through God's grace you found some more peace, and you know maybe never complete wholeness, but you found some peace, well, you were called to go reach into that, right? Uh, and that's what we're talking about, you know, and people struggling with sin, right? May, maybe you've struggled with, uh, you know, a certain aspect of, um, you know, uh, sexuality in your life. Well, you're called to go and reach into those souls struggling with that, you know, whether that's LGBTQ or whatever. You're called to reach into that in truth and in love, right? We're not talking about changing church teaching, but you're you are then empowered and equipped to go into that, um, you know, setting and. And, you know, bring bring souls closer to Christ, because I guarantee you that every person on this planet was created for a purpose, whether they realize that or not, they were created for a purpose. And we as disciples have to help them, uh, you know, come to that. So when I think about talking about marginalized, it really is action. You know, us sitting here on a podcast uh, and talking about it, you know, does nothing. right? Like it does nothing. <laughs> we have to go out and, and do something about it. Uh, that's the way I look at it, Anne. And I love the way that you brought in the fact that just say you dealt with a loss of a loved one and you've been healed in some ways. You know, I think ne we're never really 100 percent healed while we're on Earth because our true healing obviously will be when we meet Christ face to face. Right. And so but I love the way that you articulated that because it's a way that we can become missionary disciples. I thought I would just mention, too, and I've talked about this on other podcasts before, but my own experience when I first came upon a ministry that really made a difference for me, and that was Alpha. Some of you who are watching have either experienced Alpha before or you've heard about it. Um, this was quite a long time ago. It was at the early 2000s. In fact, it was in the year 2000 that I was invited to an Alpha course. And I was prayed over by some charismatic Catholics and really did feel a sense of peace. It was much different than just going to confession and giving your sins to the priest and then walking out. It was, it was more of a dialogue between you and the people that were praying over you. And I, I thought that was a beautiful way to help to accompany someone is by praying with them. Now, the only comment I would make, and I won't even call it constructive criticism, but um, just like with any ministry, there's sort of a recruiting aspect. And, and I know that being the director of a nonprofit, too, that you can't help but sort of divide things into, OK, well, this is my work life. 
and this is my personal life, right? But um, when ministering to people and when praying with people, I think that that accompaniment, the only thing that I would say maybe would help a person who has gone through some type of a conversion with the help of others, maybe some people who are very prayerful, is to not just to pray, but to act and to continue those friendships. Because sometimes when you do something so profound as participate like I did in an alpha course, it's like a weekly meeting where there's discussions and there's time of prayer. And then we had a, a retreat weekend, which was beautiful. And it's a real come to Christ moment. But eventually, most of the time you lose track and you don't stay in touch with the people that you met. You know, maybe it becomes just through social media. You're not really, quote, friends anymore. Um, but I do think we need to foster like long term relationships with people because that's what really keeps people, I believe, when when you're a member of a parish community, when you're a member of some kind of a ministry like I was with Alpha, um, it, when it ends, sometimes, you know, your faith can also kind of take a dip, too, if that makes any sense, because you're not having that, like, support of other people. Bill's nodding his head, yeah. so I think he kind of agrees with me there. Right, Bill? Yeah, oh, absolutely. But, yeah, so talk about that, because I know you have been there, and I think that we need to do the same thing with our parishes, right? Mm -hmm. So in other words, we pray for them. We, we're present to them, but you don't give up on people either. And you don't make friendships with people just to say, you know what? All right. I evangelize that person. I'm on to the next one. Right. I don't need to worry about this person <laughs> anymore. If you've made a friend, you've made a friend, yeah. right? And it's God's desire for us to have community and not to walk away from people. And people begin to feel marginalized when they did have a group of friends and for whatever reason, now they don't anymore. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and, you know, you really uh, brought up, you know, a beautiful thing there, because I think when you look at um, how we as church, you know, do the actual making of disciples, it oftentimes creates those friendships. Um, and we have to remember that those friendships are really important because, you know, walking with somebody is also really important important in there right and if and if we don't spend the time to invest in the relationships and follow up you know you you know you mentioned and um about the you know spiritual highs and lows right when you have a alpha course and you go to that alpha course and you're all juiced up for your faith and then you come home and you know somebody just pours cold water all over the stuff that you know, you've learned or you've done, it's it's not a good feeling, right? Um, and and quite honestly, Satan loves to attack that way. He loves to attack that way, um, especially after you've had this encounter with God's grace, encounter with him, and then, you know, uh, Satan loves to go, did that really happen? Did that really happen to you? Or was that just your, you know, emotions playing with you? And... I, I really think that we as church, you know, have to have that follow up, right? We have to have that time, as Ann said, where we do that, that accompaniment. So, you know, after the, after you go on the alpha, right, uh, some, somebody's life may have encountered that grace. Well, you know, that's, that might be, you know, the one shot in the arm, but where's the follow up? Where's the cup of coffee from, from 
you know, the person that you met there that uh, is going to lift you up in faith, because that's how uh, we draw people in closer to the faith. Many people have had an encounter, right? Um, there's even there's even the the parable of the of of the seed, right? That gets sown in the rocky soil, right? You know, the parable of the sower, right? We sow the seed in the rocky soil, and then what happens? It doesn't have a place to grow. doesn't have a place to sink its roots into. And we have to be that soil, right? We need to be that soil in that parable that people can sink their, um, you know, Christ is ultimately the soil, but we need to be the disciples that allow that. So I think, you know, again, when you're, when you're you know, have these great retreat experiences, you have these wonderful things, you make that invitation— You've still got to be, you know, friends. As Anne said, you don't just go, oh, move on to the next disciple. No. Now, you know, I, I, we have a great video on the Patrick Hart Ministry website called uh, uh, Reason, Season, and uh, Lifetime Relationships. And I, and I encourage people to, to look at that because Ray Haywood did an amazing job writing, uh, writing that. And we turned it into a video. Um, and, and so people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And, you know, there's a, some, there's a lot of wisdom in that. So I'm not saying you have to be, you know, like family to this person and have them over for Thanksgiving dinner and, you know, all of that stuff. Like, I'm not, we're not, we're not talking about that. Um, what we're talking about, though, is that, you know, reason, season, lifetime. Some people are called the lifetime. You know, maybe you, you might meet your spouse at something like this, you know, a future spouse at something like this. Um, you know, if you're, if you're young and you're, or if you're old, I mean, whatever. Um, but, but allow the Holy Spirit to work through you and uh, and don't just abandon people. I think that that's how we draw the marginalized groups or people that are feeling marginalized in and bring them closer to the heart of Christ. So, I mean, when you when you look at this stuff, um, I just encourage you, um, you know, to figure out again, what are you doing to make disciples? Not what are you talking about? Not what church, um, not what church theory are we discussing today, um, you know, or what dogma or doctrine are we discussing? Because when you're marginalized or you're feeling left out, that's the last thing that somebody's talking about. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and you know, uh, I think the longer that I've been in my faith, and by that I mean when I really had a deep conversion, because, I mean, I was baptized as a baby and had a lot of ups and downs, of course, like we all do in childhood and teenage years and everything. But since I've really kind of stepped forward in my faith, I've learned so much about, um, you know, and, and this might sound funny to hear this, but just like there's brands of different products, there's also kind of brands of Christianity and Catholicism too. I mean, such as like charismatic Catholics or traditionalists or some people that are kind of in the middle. Um, and I, and, that's not what this discussion is about is is about those different uh, differences in the church but it really is about what makes us draws us together right mm. communion participation and mission and it doesn't matter what brand of catholicism you happen to quote unquote subscribe to because we're all part of that mission right we can study we can know our faith we can read the catechism and all like bill said all the doctrines and dogmas but still not get the fact that we are imitating Christ in our daily lives. Mm -hmm. So that does include what kind of a person we are and how we react to people, not just people we like, people who are different from us in some way, shape, or form. Sometimes the person who's the most different from us is when we're feeling really good about life 
and there's people who don't feel so good about it. And people kind of are drawn away from depressed people or anxious people or people who don't have friends or, or resources, um, people who maybe don't have money, people who don't have a big friend circle or, or popular, right? Uh, well, they're the marginalized. And part of being a Christian is making outreach to them. So those people who don't necessarily fit into the puzzle piece quite perfectly, you know, there's some people who when they walk into a church and maybe they see couples and families and maybe they've had some traumas in their life, maybe they don't really have uh, many family members around. Maybe it's just them and maybe a couple friends or something. And so that's where we come in and we can be part of their community of faith, not to care about them in just a checkbox way and say, okay, I was a good person to them, but really do our best to befriend others and not to give up on them either. And as Bill said, taking them out for that cup of coffee or whatever, but making them feel welcome. We need to, to as a Luke. church, need for people to feel welcome. Mary Bill, I didn't know if you had any comments on that because, uh, you know, we all need to feel that sense of welcome where whoever we are, wherever we are. And, you know, or that is the Holy Father's wish, too, is that we welcome people, especially those people who don't maybe necessarily feel like they should be there. Right. They might walk into a church and say, for whatever reason, I don't feel I belong here. Yeah. You know, um, that's a really good point, too. And, you know, just uh, I and I'm going to tell a story about that, uh, actually, because I think, you know, when you have um, people walking in to church that don't really belong there, um, <laughs> I, one instance in ministry really sticks out for me. So um, it was actually my very first weekend on the job in my very first parish um, in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, um, St. Francis de Sales. Again, very first weekend, um, I was very enthused about being a youth minister, very enthused about starting this new job. And these um, these three young people rode into Mass. I was introducing myself at all the, mass, the Masses that weekend. I was introducing myself uh, and, you know, talking a little bit about me um, a after all the Masses. And... Um, these three kids, uh, one was an older teenager, maybe 18 or 19, and two other younger siblings, maybe one was like eight or nine, another one was, um, you know, like 12. And they rode in to church on a John Deere riding mower uh, with cut off jeans and everything. And the oldest one, the 18-year-old, was really troubled during the whole Mass. He was just, you could just see he was antsy. He was really troubled. Um, and something was going on in his soul. Like, do I really belong there? Do I not? And um, during communion, he um, walked um, past the Eucharistic minister, past the priest, and went up. And he hugged the tabernacle. M mind you, this was my first weekend <laughs> on the job at this new parish. 
And I was like, oh, does this happen every weekend here at this parish? That was my initial reaction. You know, what's going on here? Um, but um, I remember thinking, you know, again, I was like 22 or 23 years old. I remember thinking back then, I want to see how the priest handles this. Because it was totally out of left field, right? And, you know, I had just interviewed with this, you know, pastor and whatever. Um, and I wanted to see how the priest handled the situation. Um, and because because clearly this gentleman was troubled, um, this young man was troubled. And um, I, w I was already standing in the back of the church. And so the, the priest, um, after, after Mass was over, um, uh, approached this young man and said, you know, what can I do to help you? And, um, and as the, the two of them talked, he took him outside onto a bench, um, and gave him communion again, um, because he had not received communion. Um, you know, so it was, it was a very eye-opening situation, uh, for me in ministry because he handled it so discreetly. You know, he he took him outside, and um, you know he had he had brought the pics with him or whatever, you know, with with Jesus in it, and he handled it so beautifully. Um, and I remember, you know, that's the kind of uh, minister that I need to be here. You know, one that you know focuses on the, the you know the person who seems troubled, and you know, in in every circumstance when we're talking about people who are feeling out of place, uh, do I belong here? Do I not? Uh, maybe something weighing on their soul really heavily that they've done. And, um, you know, the Holy Spirit m moves them into action to come, you know, not to just be dismissed or, 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 you know, uh, distracted, right? Like, you know, by, by the ministers, right? I, I think that's one of those really important things that we just don't dismiss that situation. You know, I mean, the priest could have easily, uh, said, oh, yeah, you know what, I'm too busy to talk to this person after Mass. I'm too busy to, you know, deal deal with this. Um, but he wasn't. And so, you know, I, you know, I think, again, uh, for people who are actively working in parish ministry, if you're a youth minister, if you're a DRE, um, you know, uh, addressing this, talking to people, um, and, sh and again, sharing your story of your own brokenness. I think that's the other really big thing, right? We were talking about earlier. Like, you know, if you've been through something difficult, share it. That's the opportune time. The Holy Spirit's on your heart right then, you know, saying, share this with this person. And I'm sure and I'm sure the priest did that. I'm sure the pastor at the time at St. Francis did that on that bench outside. I'm positive he did, you know. Uh, and I remember being, you know, a, a very young youth minister going, wow, um, you know, I don't think I, you know, I, I maybe now I would have the insight to be able to do that, you know, after seeing that. But uh, when I was 23, I would have been like, you know, scared out of my shoes to handle that. That, you know, that priest was seasoned and really well, <laughs> really well, uh, you know, um, just a great pastor. But um, so I just encourage you um, when, when you see, st you know, stuff like that happens. Um, you know, and it doesn't always happen your first weekend on the job, but, <laughs> but it does happen. <laughs> it does happen. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, admittedly, I never heard that story and <laughs> we've done over 200 podcasts. So it's great for me that I get to hear that story from you. So thank you so much. And I think the point that you were making, Bill, 
and to our audience is that that's what it really means to be able to be welcoming to the marginalized. Meaning that being aware that there's all kinds of people and situations in this world and the traumas that some people have gone through, if we were to watch a movie of it, we'd never, for, for some of us, we would just be dumbfounded because we've never experienced anything quite like that. And so just keep in mind that those experiences that people have due to the world, due to circumstance and due to sin, sometimes their sin and sometimes somebody else's sin, that it gives us all the more reason to be like Christ to them and to try our best to be that welcoming community, which reminds me that's going to be our last topic. So join us for episode 10 as we're going to talk about being an inviting community, not just for your small parish community, but we're going to talk about the whole worldwide church too and how the whole worldwide church can change <laughs> to really be that synodal church. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh it you know, this is so good and I'm I'm um I I'm ex- I, I'm excited for the last episode but uh you know, it, you know, this we we probably could do another 10 episodes on the synod because there's so much uh, to discuss, but um you know, folks, um go back and listen to all these episodes. I, I know I said that at the beginning, but I but I do mean to say it at the end here. So go back and listen uh to the other uh eight episodes that we've done on this and we encourage you to uh, follow friend and like us on youtube and facebook but until next time may god bless you and your families keep beating to your catholic heart thanks for listening to this episode of sewing hope on patchwork heart radio for more information about this podcast and our ministries Visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.